It's time for the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Tom Baker. Well, hello there, and welcome to another week of motorsports coverage here on Race Chaser Radio. This is the Stock Car Show, and this show is presented, as always, by our good friends at HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com, and the show also being presented by mycomputercareer.edu, where you can have a new IT career in as little as four months by studying either online or at their one of their seven campuses across the country. We'll tell you more about both of those folks later on. My name is Tom Baker, Race Chaser Media. I am joined by Ali Boulay and Jacob Seelman from Speed Sport at um, the table here inside the Race Chaser Studios in Mooresville, North Carolina. Over uh, beyond the glass here in the tech shed is Randy Miller, capably punching all kinds of buttons over there. And we have um, Cisco Scaramuza joining Hi, Cisco. us via the race chaser skype line and we are uh, on the verge of nascar championship weekend we've got a lot to talk about of course um we had a race actually three of them at uh, ism raceway in phoenix over the weekend we'll review those we will start previewing what's going to happen down in miami and we've also got um, an interesting f1 race to talk about not so much because of who won but because of who didn't and we'll debate the shoving match that started on the racetrack ah. and then carried on after the race between max verstappen and esteban ocon and we will also have conversation about the north south shootout which jacob and i were at the Woo-hoo. um mason dixon meltdown which Jace, Jacob and I were not at. Correct. Um, but we will still talk uh, past South and uh, the big win for Derek Randstrom in that one. And uh, we'll have a bunch more conversation about other things, too. As lots we... and lots and lots yeah. and lots and lots of things. Okay. So we'll start with NASCAR. Because why not? Because why not? And the big news of the day is cisco's got it right on the video board right there okay i can't see it it says and then there There were were four and then there were four well that wasn't where i was going but okay we'll start there and then there were four we have four count them four championship contenders and the four is one of them despite the penalty from last week when they tried to get away with a little nefariousness shenanigans Um, yeah shenanigans with regard to the spoiler yeah Um, kevin harvick ended up uh overcoming a flat tire and still finishing well enough to put himself into the final four and will run for a championship against none other than kurt bush martin truex so the big three are in and joey logano nobody's favorite unless you're a joey logano's fan not kurt bush Kyle Did I Bush say won. Kurt Busch? You said Kurt. I apologize. It's Kurt okay. Busch had a good shot at it. He had a great until shot. Until Denny Hamlin went bowling. Yeah. And then he didn't have a shot anymore. We'll talk about that, too. But, I mean, where to start here? So, okay, we've got the final four. 
Um, I would go around the table and ask if anyone was surprised at this Final Four, but I already know the answer I get. The answer is no. Um, So I guess we can just start by looking at uh, the race that was at Phoenix yesterday. And I'll start with Jacob. Um, Major surprises at Phoenix for you? Absolutely. Okay. The, The major surprise for me was how few of the playoff contenders were able to stay out of trouble. The only driver that did not end up in some sort of chaos, or I won't say nefariousness, but dramatic circumstances through the course of this 500-kilometer race was the one who had a shot on the final restart to crash the entire party. When you look at this, Joey Logano, who was already locked in by virtue of his win at Martinsville, he got crashed out. Clint Boyer, who needed to advance by winning, he got crashed out. Well, he had a flat. He had a flat tire and crashed because of the flat tire. Yes. Therefore, he was out. As opposed to getting crashed. Yes. That's what happened to Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch and Chase Elliott got crashed. Thanks, Denny Hamlin. Yes. (laughs) Then there was Kevin Harvick, who had a flat tire while he was going away, leading stage one. You had Chase Elliott who shot himself in the foot by speeding on pit road. There was a lot of those. Yeah. Yes, you had quite. Kyle Busch, who won the race, but wasn't really around for most of it. I mean, they were they were out to lunch the first part of the race, and by virtue of everybody else having problems, worked their way into contention. That's seven. Who's the eighth? The guy who almost crashed the party. Eric Almarola. Managed to not beat himself. Managed to have a good enough car to line up on the front row next to Kyle Busch for the final restart with 12 to go. And I give them a whole lot of credit, Tom. They were maybe one little bit better restart away from blowing up the entire Final Four and saying, we're going to take this spot and drop kick in the best car in the Final Four right out of the playoffs. It was either him or his teammate Kevin Harvick. And Harvick better be thanking a lot of people that that 10 car didn't actually win because I can promise you there were a lot of people hoping that that might happen at the end. Well, for those, Cisco, who thought for a second that Kyle Busch was going to move over and just allow Eric Almarola to wander around him and take the victory in order that Eric could make it and Kevin Harvick would be left out. Um, I got news for them. I've got a whole bunch of swampland in the middle of the desert to sell them because that was never going to happen. And Eric just didn't have enough speed in the car to uh, to win this race. So Oceanfront in, Air- in uh, Arkansas? Yeah, Oceanfront in Arkansas, exactly. Okay, I, I do not get that reference at all, but It sure. means it doesn't um, exist. Yes, it does well, not exist. Yeah. Okay, well... Oh, if you're gullible enough Arkansas, to believe... Okay, I get right, what okay. you're saying now. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll write it on tissue paper later so you can see the, through it. Tom, is the fact that Coming out of this race, and NBC did a good job of talking about it, Matt Weaver did a good job of talking about it, and I once again want to underline this fact. The top four have the best average finish this season, the most top fives this season, the most most laps led this season, the most lead lap finishes, and the most wins this season. So anybody who says that, oh, somebody lucked in their way to the final four, ah, nah, nah. 
Nah, no, sir. No. Well, you can't. It's in, and I got, again, here, here's more ocean front. It, you can't luck your way into the final four. It's impossible. I mean, you run 26 regular season races. You have to get through 10 playoff races. There is no such thing as I lucked my way into the final four. Didn't matter which of the eight made it to the four after Phoenix. They would have earned it. Um, you know, it's it, it, that just that doesn't exist. So Correct. I honestly would go as far, Allie, is to say that I believe this is absolutely the most competitive and probably maybe the most Hollywood final four in the history of this type of playoff for NASCAR, because we have the three who were the best three all year and Joey Logano, who everyone wants to root against except for our own Chris Murdoch. Hang on a minute. I'm sorry to interrupt what Allie was going to say, but I think we need to pause here and acknowledge some breaking news that literally just Uh-oh. came across the news desk. Uh-oh. Right now, All right. All right. News. Jacob, go ahead. Here you breaking go. Breaking no, news. No, this is, not, this is not where I use the voice because oh. Oh, no. this is well, actually this sad breaking news. Oh, this very, is not good news. No. Uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina's own Silver Fox, David Pearson, NASCAR Hall of Famer, oh. has just passed away at the age of 83. Oh. No, that is definitely not sounder-breaking news. 574 starts in the Cup Series, 105 wins, 113 poles, and three championships. And Mm. I actually got a chance uh, a couple years ago at Darlington to talk to David for a couple of minutes, and good grief. I don't know of a much nicer guy from that era of NASCAR than David. The history, the stories he could tell, ugh. I literally, literally, it was a moment where I pull up Twitter to go looking for a note, and that happens, and your heart just stops. I mean, there are two drivers that epitomize NASCAR in their era, Richard Petty and David Pearson. And now I I would argue that, uh, that NASCAR's yin has lost its yang tonight because those two were inseparable on the racetrack when they were... We're battling one another, and it's really I'm I'm sitting here just kind of in shock. It's hard to fathom that now one of them is no longer here. And I know David had been had been battling a lot of illness over the last couple of years. So uh, I think most importantly, our thoughts and prayers are with the Pearson family tonight because this is an incredibly sad day for NASCAR as a sport this is an incredibly sad day for the entire industry because David Pearson was undoubtedly one of the greatest in the history of this sport and I can say I think for all of us here he will be sorely missed oh gosh and he was how old 83 wow and I believe Leonard Wood would certainly say one of the best that ever stepped in in the foot of a race car, let alone one of the best that ever stepped foot in one of their race cars. Yeah, uh, that's um, that's just uh, a tough. I mean, you know, we could do an entire show on what David Pearson meant to NASCAR. I mean, I think when I think about David Pearson, I I just think about a driver uh, who could honestly get into any piece of equipment and make it faster than it was before he got in it. Um, I've never seen a driver who could just overachieve 
the way David Pearson could. And even back in the day, I remember as as a you know a, a, being young in that era and seeing um, those classic battles between Pearson and Petty when David was running for the Wood Brothers. But even after that, he would race for um, you know a, a team like Haas Ellington's, for example. And he would set pole, and I think yep. he went out one at least one race at Darlington for Haas so, back yeah. in the, you know, in the late seventies, early eighties. Just uh, he was. Uh, when you think about the fact that David accomplished what he did without winning or without running a full season in NASCAR. Yeah. And the, you, the only three times that he ran a full season, he won the championship. He won the championship. I mean, you, you think about the number of titles he could have won or races he could have won had he been consistently running the full schedule. But, you know, when he was with the Wood Brothers, I don't know, maybe only one time or if they even ever did in that era. Um, but David was just, he was, they didn't call him the Silver Fox no. for nothing. He was one of these drivers that, was always around at the end of the race. No matter what he was doing for the first three quarters of the race, David Pearson knew how to be around at the end and, and be running for a win. And, oh, gosh, I mean, I'll never forget that that unfortunate day at the racetrack when, you know, they, they the, the Wood Brothers pit stop got botched and the tires fell off and... um you know, that was basically the end of the relationship with David. And, oh, boy, I mean, um, that just felt like, you know, Sonny and Cher splitting up or something. It yeah. was just you just would have yeah. never thought that because you just think about, you know, back in that area, era it was Richard Petty and it was David Pearson. And when you think about the Wood Brothers, you think about David. And, yeah. you know, what a big loss this is. I, uh, I say we continue some of this conversation on the other side of the break because I think you're right. I mean, we could certainly do a whole show, but we could. I, I, this warrants some conversation it certainly when you does. consider how much he meant to the sport over, you know, how many decades. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll talk more. Um, David Pearson passing away at 83. More on that um, and more of the Stock Car Show coming up right after these words. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. 
Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm Tyler Reddick, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport and MyComputerCareer.edu. And we just broke the news just before our last break. If you're just joining us, uh, just breaking the sad news that NASCAR has lost another of its true legends as Spartanburg, South Carolina's David Pearson, the Silver Fox, has passed away at the age of 83. Um, we started to share some thoughts about David just before the break. And, of course, we um, we have a number of people in our chat on Facebook Live uh, here this evening talking about him as well. What a what a racer he was, Jacob. My gosh, I, I just I still can't believe it. But, you know, um, you, you think about some of the heroes of the 70s and you just start realizing that, um, you know, Father Time eventually catches us all. And uh, David certainly leaves behind a legacy in this sport that is not easily equaled. Oh, not at all. Second all-time in wins and poles in yes. what's now the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, three championships. We were talking about it during our last segment. You know, one of the few drivers to achieve such amazing success without ever running a full season in NASCAR's Premier Series. Yep. Even the three years that he won the championship, missed a couple of races each year, but outscored his competition by enough that it never really mattered. Um, you know, drove for some of the legends of the sport. I mean, he started driving one of his own cars back in 1960, but when you look at the names he drove for, Ray Fox, Cotton Owens for years, of course, the, uh, Holman and Moody, yep. the Wood Brothers, and then, uh, you know, there was a stint in there for Bud Moore. He drove a start for Junie Donlevy um, in 1972. Um, went to the Haas Ellington car, the Hawaiian Tropic car, as you mentioned, Tom, yep. after he left the Wood Brothers. Uh, did a couple of races in uh, relief of Dale Earnhardt in Rod Osterlund's car. Actually won 
the uh, Southern 500 at Darlington, driving for Rod Osterlin, and ended his career just the way he started it, driving, driving for, for himself. Yep. yep, it uh, was Hassan. It actually that uh, that last season in 1985 was it started as Haas Ellington's 21, and then David took over the ownership himself at Talladega and yes. uh, and ran it a handful of more times that year before he finished up in '86 at Michigan International Speedway and. Uh, I mean, good grief. Like we were talking about, Pearson, you stop and think what he did in the starts that he ran, and he was arguably NASCAR's first king of the speedway tracks. I mean, that's really the first thing that comes to mind when I think about David Pearson's legacy in this sport is he was the first driver to really make a killing on... The big tracks, the Michigans, the Charlottes, the Atlantas, the Daytonas, the Talladegas of the world. Very few of his wins, by comparison, came on the short tracks. He had his wins on the short tracks, but the speedways were where David made so much speed and so much of his success, and a lot of that was because of the Wood Brothers and Ford's prowess on those tracks at the time. Well, yeah, that's very true. But and to add to it, he's also the all-time winningest driver at Darlington with 10 wins. Absolutely. Yeah, no that was his home track. That, his that, home track. That was yeah. his home track. And, uh, you know, I think that's where he won with Haas, too, if I'm not yes. mistaken. I think he won a race there. with. I mentioned the 79 yeah, Southern 500. Haas, yeah. Um, you know, and, and again, David just – when, you know, Mitch Brown in our chat uh, was giving us a stat here that um, Pearson – David beat Richard Petty 152 times. Petty beat him 127. Mm-hmm. Now, now stop and consider if Pearson had run full season some yes. of those years, how many wins he might have taken away yep. from Richard. Yeah, I mean, and not only that, but where would the Wood Brothers exactly record be right now if that would have been possible? Oh my um, gosh, they wouldn't even be close to 100 wins. You know, and the thing is, is it, it's not even blasphemous to 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 talk about the possibility or or the opinion that that Pearson may have, um, you know, been a better racer than Richard because I think I've heard Richard himself. Richard has said that David Pearson was the best racer he ever raced against. I mean, you know, again, David was, uh, was, he was a legend among legends because you had... You had drivers back then. You had the Allison brothers. You had Kelly Arborough. You had Benny Parsons. Mm-hmm. You had Buddy Baker. You had all those drivers. You had, and, and then, of course, there was Petty and Pearson. Yep. And that was the rivalry throughout much of the early mid-'70s with Petty and Pearson. And, uh, gosh, who can forget that Daytona 500 finish? 1976. When they went crashing into the wall and ended up in the infield in a mess and David was able to get his car refired and crossed the line before Richard could and took the win. And um, gosh, I mean, the the battles and 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 the 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 racing that that brings back. Um, it's an area that you'll never see again in any part of the sport. I don't care if it's supers or modifieds or NASCAR or IndyCar. The '70s was a golden age for motorsports and. David Pearson certainly earned his place uh, among NASCAR's Mount Rushmore. Yes. If somebody wanted to put four faces up there uh, and and you wanted to say, okay, well, let's put the three period drivers up there first. We'll put Petty and we'll put uh, Dale Earnhardt. We'll put Jimmy Johnson up there because, you know, they were of of the periods. Okay. uh, uh, Of the eras. I'm just making a 
potential scenario. I'm not saying, but that's what most people would suggest, is you take the best driver of each era, and then the fourth one would absolutely have to be. Uh, I think if you can only have one more, it has to be David Pearson. As far as I'm concerned, my my Mount Rushmore for the Cup Series is very simple. Richard Petty, David Pearson, Jimmy Johnson, and Dale Earnhardt. Yes. Pearson never had the Pearson never had the seven championships, no, but he had the statistics. And like I said earlier, if he had run more races in some of those seasons, he would have easily been able to come close, if not get to seven championships. And one or two of those could have easily been taken away from Richard. Oh, at least I mean, you know, it's just you. Like I said, we could easily spend an entire show just really talking about the legacy that David left, um, you know, just his style alone. And, and he's the only driver that I know of that actually caused Humby Wheeler to attempt to modify the racetrack. Yes. It's Charlotte oh, Motor the Speedway Charlotte, with the, the Humby bump. Story. Uh, yep. You know, that, that Humby that, actually came in here a year, last year and told that told story. Told that story. And, you know, again, uh, I will paraphrase it here as best I can. Uh, there was a bump in a certain uh, turn one that, uh, Humpy swore, David, that was his advantage to winning polls as he knew how to how to deal with that bump. He had some sort of a little trick. So uh, Humpy went and actually had that bump re-leveled, so to speak, and um, mm-hmm. sitting in his office the next time Cup came there and we're qualifying, and here's that David won the pole again because he had won it like 10 times, which is why Humpy tried to change the track, thinking that, he could stop David from winning another pole. David wins the pole. Then Humpy gets a phone call, and he picks up the phone, and the voice in the other ear says, you, 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 you changed the wrong bump. Um, it was the wrong side of the track. Um, and it was David, and that was, you know, the guy was just, he was bigger than life in yes, so many was. ways. Yep. And, you know, you, you look at him and the Wood Brothers in general as we get set to go to break, Jacob, yes. and, they were among the first, them and the Petties, to have uniforms. They were. For the pit crew. Absolutely. And in those purulator, you know, the, the white pants and the dark blue um, j- shirts were just some of the classiest ever. I mean, yes, you know. Absolutely um, right. And that, that was just a legendary team. It was. And uh, just to add to that, a tweet just coming out from the Wood Brothers, uh, quote, an unbelievably sad day today after hearing of the passing of, in parentheses, one of the absolute greatest, all caps, NASCAR drivers. We would not be here today without him, and we're thinking of the entire Pearson family tonight. Yes, and our thoughts exactly. Um, we are going to step aside when we come back. More of the Stock Car Show, and uh, we'll keep uh, watch of the chat in case you all have any comments about David. We'll try and pass them along. Uh, you're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsports safety. You can find them on the web at HMSMotorsport.com. Brought to you as well by My Computer Career. We will be right back. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift. 
and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'll come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. Hi, I'm John Holloman, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back. The Stock Car Show continues here this evening, presented by HMS Motorsport and MyComputerCareer.edu. We'll tell you about my computer career here in a little while. Um, we continue to talk about the breaking news that we had just after we started the show this evening. David Pearson, the NASCAR legend, has passed away at the age of 83. We've been just uh, kind of discussing our uh, remembrances of him and just thinking back. And uh, several folks in our chat have made 
uh, comments about it as well. And I know, Jacob, you've been scouring social media for even further comments from those in the industry. So I have been. Uh, I've got kind of a series of comments here. The first, uh, undoubtedly, and I think appropriately, coming from uh, one of the men who was there when David won his now uh, famous Daytona 500 in that last lap slam bang and finish with Richard Petty in 76. This from Mike Joy. David made winning look effortless and was good a, as good a storyteller and partier as he was a driver. He also won in Trans Am against the best road racers of the day. His skill set was unmatched. And from Brad Keselowski, of course, uh, under the Ford nameplate, which David raced so much of his career under, I'd have to say if there was one driver who inspired me the most on the racetrack, it was David. Always gritty, witty, and in position at the end when it counted. And that's one that kind of, it makes you sit back and take pause, doesn't it? Because Keselowski, at least as he's matured in the Cup Series, has really become a very similar driver to uh, what David was when he was in his prime. Like uh, what Brad just said, gritty, witty, and in position at the end when it counts. And I, I feel like that's some of, you know, some of those same qualities we see in his racing today. And from Todd Bodine, growing up in upstate New York, I didn't get to see much of NASCAR, but when I did, I rooted for the Silver Fox. David Pearson was one of the greatest of all time. Thoughts for Ricky and Eddie and the entire family. He was my hero. Yeah, and uh, I remember the first NASCAR race I ever went to was 1977 at Pocono. My sister and my brother-in-law took me. I was nine, and so I was still a very young race fan and had, you know, what little NASCAR racing there was on Wide World of Sports or whatever. Uh, I would always watch, and I, I would read Grand National Scene and, um, you know, all of the trade papers and such. Uh, so I was well aware of, of NASCAR and who everybody was. But, you know, it was kind of funny. My sister was always a Richard Petty fan, and my brother-in-law was a Pearson fan. So mm-hmm. on the day of, of, of qualifying, um, you know, of course, um, you know, Eddie would dress up in his white <laughs> pants and dark blue <laughs> shirt, and you know, uh, and, you know, Linda probably had some sort of petty stuff on. But yeah. just just thinking about and remembering watching those guys run yes. was just awesome. I mean, and even when you think about, you know, it was always a Mercury, you know, it was the yes. Mercury Montego. Um, so, you know, of course. My sister and brother-in-law's first car, Mercury Montego. What else? Um, uh-huh. You know, again, NASCAR fans, most loyal fans in the sport, right? Amen. Uh, you know, of any sport. And, and so, Absolutely. you know, that's David left an impression. And it's interesting that you, you, you mentioned those words from Brad, because I do agree. Brad has become... Whether somebody likes him or not, and I hate when people make fun of the, the, the teeth and, and all of that, it's just ridiculous um, and childish, but whether you like Brad or not, Brad has become one of the more, I think, well-spoken drivers in the series. His blogs are great, yes. and I think his perspective is is good when it comes to history. There are a few of those guys, Brad and Dale Jr., of course, um, that are really into the history of the sport, and I think Brad reveres that. Um, so those are uh, very interesting yeah. comments coming from him. I'll, I'll add this follow-up from Mike Joy. Uh, Pearson had a quick wit. At one event, I introduced him saying the Silver Fox would often not work his way to the lead until close to the finish. David grabbed the mic out of my hand at that point and blurted, Hey! 
I led a bunch, too, and the whole place erupted laughing with it. <laughs> but I think the most telling comment was one from Pearson himself. This uh, actually during his Hall of Fame induction speech when he uh, was inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. During that speech, uh, Richard Petty was in the audience, and Pearson looked right at Richard. He says, I want to thank Richard Petty, too. He's probably the one that made me win as many races as I did. I run hard because he'd make me run hard. Sometimes he'd make a mistake and I'd pass him. Of course, I didn't ever make mistakes. <laughs> I had more fun running with him than anybody I ever ran with because I knew if I ever went to a racetrack and he was there, if I could beat him, I'd win that race. Yeah. And that's, that's the truth. That was the deal. I mean, it was it was uh, th- that was a group of drivers that the sport – We'll never see again. And you could say that about just about any um, part of motor racing. And uh, like I said, that era in the 70s was just magic. And I feel so blessed to have been able to witness it. And honestly, to have it be my first impression of what racing was. Because whether it was the local stuff at Oswego or whether it was, and I came down here, um, you know, a dozen years ago or so to the Carolinas. And, you know, I've been to Greenville, I've been to Hickory, I, you know, I've done things at those tracks. Um, and, and, and I revere those tracks because of the drivers like David Pearson and uh, who have raced on them and, and who made history. You know that you're a part of the history when you're in this area. And David, certainly, especially at Greenville Pickens, I mean, David was as much a part of that track as anybody who ever will will set foot on it in a race car. Um, you know, just a, just amazing. And, and, and again, what a legacy. And I, I don't know of anyone, and this may be one of the, the nicest things you could say about David. I don't know of a single person that I've ever heard say, I just can't stand him. Yeah, exactly. I've I, never heard that. I've never, I've neither have I. I've never heard anybody say, you know, not have something nice to no. say about Pearson because that's just the kind of person he was. That's that good old Southern charm yep. that, you know, so many of not just his era, but even his location, that area down by Spartanburg, the Darlington area. I've seen it when I've gone down there the last couple of years for the Southern 500 it, and it's never changed. Nope. It's that typical Southern welcoming. We've got you kind of charm and that's you know that's always who david was from the start of his career all the way through the end of it yeah it's uh it's very true david pearson the silver fox passing away at the age of 83 and we will all remember david his legacy will live on and we continue with tonight's show as we come back to our coverage or our review i guess of uh the racing from this weekend at Phoenix, three races, obviously, one in each uh, of the big three series. Uh, talking about the cup race, I had started to, uh, I don't even remember what I had asked Allie before we uh, before we got the breaking yeah. news about David. But, um, you know, I, I really, I, I feel like when you look at this race that happened yesterday, Jacob, you said it at the top. Almost every one of the championship contenders had issues. We talked about some of them were of their own doing, some of them not. Um, you know, this was a race that had all the drama you could ask for, honestly. Mm-hmm. You never really knew. You didn't know until the last lap whether or not, you know, Kevin Harvick was going to make it in or whatever was going right. Because th- it, it just kept changing. It was, it was extremely suspenseful. I mean, I didn't. 
get the chance to watch the race, but I listened to it on 106.5 The End, and they just kept telling you two points out, two points in, two points out. And it was just – it was constantly between Kurt and Kevin, and I got to go with my boy Kurt, but I'm glad Kevin made it. Okay, so anybody that wants to get a look inside my head from where I was during that uh, 500 kilometers on Sunday, you can ask Tom. He'll he'll (laughs) tell you the truth. The cut line – changed so often during that Can-Am 500 on Sunday that my head was spinning about halfway through it. Tom yeah. could see the smoke billowing out of my yeah. ears as I broke my calculator. <laughs> Had to open the window Oof. let some of it out. And up until about 44 laps to go, I think it was, when Denny Hamlin, as Tom so eloquently put it, went bowling, you didn't know who was going to be the final four because it legitimately could have been just about any one of them that was left other than Clint Boyer who had crashed out. You had Kurt Busch with a ton of speed who rallied from a penalty for passing the pace car under caution, which as Tony Stewart said on Happy Hours early, uh, earlier today, was totally of Kurt's own doing. Yeah, and that and that was something that Tony told Kurt after the race. You know, don't beat everybody up because of a mistake you made. Just accept it and move forward. Um, but you had Chase Elliott who rallied from a speeding penalty to have a shot. You had Kevin Harvick who at one point was thirty points below the cut line to advance and charged all the way back after a flat tire at lap seventy three. Went down a lap and got it back. Yes, got it back within twenty five laps. By the way, thanks yeah. to Joey Logano. Yeah. So he would be on my route mush route mush more. Oh, you mean for the weekend? Yes. Oh, for the weekend, okay. Yeah. Well, for the weekend, Mount Rushmore is the championship four. Yeah. Only one of them is going to go away with a trophy. But, uh, no, this, as Matt Weaver put it in his column after the race, this event had everything a race fan could want. It had playoff drama. It had suspense. It had topsy-turvy storylines. It had the chance for a surprise winner. It had a driver making a championship statement. At the end of the day, this is why I love Phoenix being the penultimate race of the year, the race that decides the Final Four, because almost literally anything can happen. And you even had the reconfiguration of the track to deal with. And uh, it, it had, had Denny wrecking it people. Had Denny, it had Denny wrecking people. It had, <laughs> for the second year in a row, Denny Hamlin... Took out Chase Elliott out of the contention. And what's interesting about this, obviously, Denny didn't do this on purpose. He just, you know, that transition from the apron up back up onto the track is, you know, was a difficult one. And, you know, Denny just got a little carried away and drove up the track and thought he was clear, which I never quite understand why a driver would assume that without a spotter yeah. but anyways um you know and Kurt Busch was there and it ended up collecting Elliot I found it interesting that Denny made it a point after the race to be um very contrite about having crashed Kurt because Kurt was the guy that he was hoping would make it through into the championship four he didn't say a single word about Chase Elliott I'm just gonna let you all think about that while we go to break when we come back more NASCAR, but we've got short track stuff to talk about as well. And even going to talk about F1 a little later on because, well, we had a dust up in the F1 race and after the F1 race. I know it's unusual, but we had it. So we're going to talk about it. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport. 
And my computer career, we will be right back. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach so call bsr today 304-725-8444 give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway that's 304-725-8444 this is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children name one of the leading killers of u.s children age 1 to 13 what's the best way to protect children in a car crash At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Tyler Dipple and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. This is known as dippling for those of you who are uninitiated here. Uh, we, we There's another one we need to get back in this yeah, building Yeah, we need to soon. get Dipple back on. He's been running well for uh, GMS and his truck series. Uh, he didn't did do half Speaking of truck series, did you see that Sheldon Creed is now going to be driving full-time for GMS Racing? That, we we kind of had been, a, yeah, yes, we, yes, that we, has been confirmed. Yeah. We, had a, we had a sneaking suspicion that might be happening, or a hunch. Call it a hunch. I knew it was happening. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did but you I know it was happening when he was here? Uh, I'm not sure I knew it when he was here. I don't remember if I knew it then, but um, kind of an inside connection there. But, yeah, that's that's a, a great move for Sheldon and a good move for GMS. They GMS Racing just simply has it going on. I don't care what anybody says. That group is just um, – absolutely on top of everything right now and it shows i mean they've got half the final four it is gms versus toyota 
Absolutely. In the it final is. four. It's, what did we call it? It was Goliath versus Goliath. Yes. Allie tried to tell me over the weekend it was David versus Goliath, and I, I shut her down. I said, absolutely not. GMS has made themselves one of the Goliaths of the truck series, not just by virtue of Johnny Sauter's championship, but by virtue of the fact that they have made themselves an equal now with KBM, but, and I would argue perhaps maybe have come close to surpassing them at times this year. But you know what? I still want to say that it's David versus Goliath because I want to put Justin Haley against the other three because if you really yeah. think about it, I mean, you know, and Justin has even sold himself as the dark horse, and of course, I picked him to win the championship when when we got to the um to the eight and and i'm i'm sticking with him i i believe that that justin goes down there i think he's going to shock the world um and, and and go down and win that title but i'm going to tell you who i'm really watching as his uh his, his fiercest competition and that is noah gregson i believe yeah. noah in the last few weeks has undergone a quick transformation and is really refocused his mind and and really started and you've seen it in the way that he is performing on the racetrack i think i think those two are going to be fun to watch um as we 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 start that race and all the way through obviously Sauter's done it before so we know that that he can do it but i just think justin and noah are going to be the two that i'm paying attention to going into this now, could they be the two that end up by wrecking each other and then Moffat <laughs> just comes through and just wins the championship well, for Hattori? Well, okay. this really brings up uh, – this is, this, is, this is why I said I think this is the, the all-time greatest Final Four for the trucks ever. Yes. Because you've got Justin Haley, who is – you know, I mean, I mean, and I can say this because he teases himself about it. You know, he's five foot nothing. You know, he's this jockey-sized kid with a huge heart – um, who's gone out and just literally shown that he, he, he belongs there. He's won his way. He's earned his way. You've got Noah Gregson, who everybody thought at the start of the year would be, you know, way farther forward in this than he is, but he kind of squeaked in. Yeah. Um, but now I think he's at the point mentally where he's ready to go grab this. You've got Johnny Sauter, who's sort of the veteran. And then you've got Brett Moffitt, who's the kind of the... He would be the people's champ. Yeah. You know, he's kind of like the <laughs> he's, rock. He's the rock. In a way. He's the people's champ. I mean, yeah. because, look, this is a team that barely, in terms of sponsorship, barely limped its way in. And it did it mostly by the driver being opportunistic when he had to and stepping up in, in, in major situations. Brett Moffitt, if he goes out and wins this title... I mean, there's there there may not be a siren in his hometown, but let me tell you that I don't know the, what there is in Grimes Island. The, to be <laughs> no, no, they probably will have a huge parade and a siren. Now, and now, hang on a minute. You mentioned the word opportunistic, Tom, <laughs> and I want to talk specifically about that because that's exactly what Brett Moffat was during the truck race Friday night at ISM Raceway, formerly known as Phoenix, because Grant Enfinger, who had to win to get in to the final four, and almost did it mind you, yep. and Noah Gregson got so tied up on the final restart with three to go racing each other, 
they forgot there were guys behind them. Yeah. And here comes here comes Brett Moffitt on the inside in third, passes them both, as as you like to say, Tom, pass you very pass much. Pass you very much. <laughs> and, and he goes on to win. I mean, it was one of those moments where I just kind of shook my head and went, Wow, he did it again. That's five times this year. He's just taken advantage of a miracle, and it's worked out. But, Cisco, this is what Brett Moffitt does. And this, you know, this is why if, if you really want to call this thing, if you try to really figure out, you know, who's the favorite in this four, I mean, sure, you could say Slaughter because of experience. But other than that, I think that's about the only criteria you could apply here because I feel like every one of these four guys – has a legit shot at this, and Brett Moffitt is the scariest of them all because you yes. almost never really see him or pay much attention to him until the last restart of the race. It's like, where in the world did this guy come from again? And I'd say out of the four in this group, Brett strikes strikes out to me as, or Brett's uh, looks like the guy with with the least amount to lose out of everybody else. He's got absolutely nothing to lose as far yeah. as I'm concerned because this is already further than anybody expected they yes. would go. Well, it's further than they expected they would they go. They didn't even think and, that they would make it out of Atlanta. Well, no, they, they didn't. Ex- I, I think they the didn't way even Brett know expl- if they were going to finish the rest of the season right. with yeah. sponsorship. The, the way Brett matter. explained it is they didn't expect to go past the fourth race of the season. Yeah, and, and yet here, here they, they are in the final four. In the final but four. I don't want to – because honestly, look, Justin Haley is probably headed to the Xfinity Series next year, so he's out of here. Noah Gregson is headed to the Xfinity yes. Series with Junior Motorsports, so he's out of here. I mean, and, and of course, we know Sauter has done this before. Um, you know, I don't think any of these guys have anything to lose. None of them are likely coming back other than maybe Moffitt. And and I suppose Sauter as well. Well, I was going to say, Sauter's not the, going but, anywhere. But Sauter, yeah. I sort of separate because Sauter's a veteran, and that's kind of yeah. his gig. The, of the other three, none of these kids have anything to lose because, you know, again, other than maybe Moffitt, they're not coming back to their teams. And Moffitt's team, it, it's just been such a Cinderella story that, you know, again, I think this is really going to be uh, – I, you know, a lot of chatter in our chat, no pun intended, about the fact that Sauter's just going to walk off and dominate this race. I don't think so. No, I don't think Not so Not this at all. time. Now, I want to add one thing when it comes to Brett Moffitt. They are in the championship four after NASCAR has done a tremendous job to neuter the Toyota Joe Gibbs <laughs> Racing Manufacturer engine. And I'm Interesting. Call- I'm calling it that because that's basically the truth. They've taken all the steam out of it. They made a horsepower reduction. They made a gear ratio yeah. reduction, all designed to make the spec motor the way to go. And it finally got to the point where Toyota has stepped up and footed the bill for the NT1 spec motor that Brett Moffat is going to use in Friday night's Ford EcoBoost 200 at Homestead, Miami. And let me tell you what, that team is motivated. They want to go out and prove to everybody, not just NASCAR, to everybody that they deserve where they're at and they deserve to win a championship. And I think Brett Moffat is the scariest player out of these four championship contenders because you've already poked the bear and he doesn't know what he's doing next year. He's got nothing to lose right. and everything yep. to gain. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I Again, it's hard to score this. I, I just... 
I don't see this as being a solder walk-off. No. Not the way everybody's running right now. Everybody I said that last don't. year, too. And yeah. Johnny, you know, was second best to Christopher Bell all night. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, I, I think this is a, an entirely different season. It's a different group of, of, of drivers in the Final Four. And these young kids are hungry. And I don't care if they don't know what they're doing next year or not. They're motivated to go in a championship. Justin Haley never thought he he would wind up running. He's still calling himself the dark horse. Well, it, I texted him today. Exactly. You know, I mean, and, and I, again, the, all this kid does is perform. And, and, it, and as I said, I have great faith in Gregson in the kind of race he'll run. Yes. I don't think he's going to be mentally rattled. Um, and, and make the big mistake. He's in a different place now. I don't know who got to him or whatever the case, but um, when I talked to him at Martinsville and you and I talked to him together, different Noah Gregson, and he's Absolutely. shown it on the track the last couple of weeks. I think, I think this is going to be a fantastic race. And, of course, you know, we forget. There's a whole field of other trucks in this. Oh, They're yes. not going to lay over for these. NASCAR is <laughs> the know? only sport where you have your playoff contenders, but it doesn't mean we just send everybody else who's not in the playoffs That's home. right. And, I mean, Cisco, there's guys in this like Stuart Friesen who's still trying to win one before the end of the I'll year. I'll remind everybody that Chase Briscoe won last year going away. Yep, Ben Rhodes uh, certainly hungry. This could be, this could be anybody's truck race uh, on Friday, Cisco. Yeah, I agree. This is it, it could be anybody. And let me bring up, of course, this is the statistic. And Jacob, you'll have to do some searching with me because I still haven't been able to find the person who's gone on to win the championship after winning at Homestead in the truck series. I'm looking through the list. I'm still trying to find if anyone's done it yet. It, uh, so far, the, nobody. Are, are you referring to in the elimination era or in general? Yes, all of the above. Well, my my response to that is I know for sure it's not been done in the elimination era. I'm not sure yet if it's been done ever. I'll look on that during the break and uh, have the answer when we come back. And we will be back with more of the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport and My Computer Career right after these words. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy.
stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication. But it's those tough choices that help me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Timmy Salamito, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back. It's the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. And also presented by My Computer Career, who has now joined the Race Chaser Radio family of partners. And here's the deal, folks. Listen up. If your job is sucking the life out of you, if you really just want to change, but you don't really know what can I do, well, the good news is you can do something else, and it's called information technology. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, but I'm not a math and science person, that's okay. No problem. Because it's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Helping people start an IT career is their thing. If you don't absolutely love what you do, here's what I, here's what I ask you to do. Just go right now while you're listening to this show. Go to mycomputercareer.edu. Take the free career evaluation. It will cost you a penny. You could start your new life as an information technology professional in as little as four months. You can attend classes on campus or live online just two or three times a week. You'll get everything you need to start your new career. More than just a school, My Computer Career helps you get into the industry because they actually work with hundreds of employers to hire their students. My Computer Career is nationally accredited and financial aid is available for those who qualify, including through the GI Bill. Classes start soon, so go take the career evaluation right now at mycomputercareer.edu. That is mycomputercareer.edu, mycomputercareer.edu. And as we continue with the program, we were talking trucks, have been talking trucks. And I'm going to start with Cisco while Jacob uh, figures out why he's I stuck think in parentheses. I make the point Jacob was going to make. If Assuming he and I came to the same conclusion, just give me a nod if we did, Jacob. Well, uh, Jacob is working or on com- no, getting Jacob's out of parentheses, so just okay. keep going. You were, we'll let you do it for him, and he can just agree with you later. Yeah, so we had to we had to go into the vault here because the last time somebody's won the last race of the Truck Series season and gone on to win the championship was Jack Sprague in 1999, and it wasn't even at Homestead. That was back when the truck finale was at Fontana. So that's why that you can't say the guy who's going to win at Homestead necessarily is going to be the one who's won the championship because, as Jacob said, not in the elimination era, not even nope. in the regular chase era, not even in the... All old era of just regular points. 
since the <laughs> 90s have we seen someone win okay. that last race and win the championship. So Stat Boy says, and I'm going to blame Allie. I think she stepped on my uh, little thingy oh, down now, there and unplugged it. Don't go blaming Allie. Why you got to gotta blame now. the girl? Well, you were the one That's that was not. closest to the court, and it was undone. And I know I didn't do it. Uh, she's going to whack you. Anyways, continue anyway, what you Anyway, see saying. if I buy you dinner later. Yeah, no more Red Bull for you. <laughs> continue. It. It's actually wow. a monster. Monster, sorry. Whatever. Anyway. anyway okay. So Stat no Boy, yeah, Stat Boy says Cisco is correct. I looked it up so everybody else didn't have to. Uh, <laughs> that, yes, 1999, Jack Sprague at Fontana, the only time that the uh, eventual Truck Series champion has won the final race of the year. And the Homestead winner, this is going all the way back to 96 when Homestead was run in the spring, in March. Like, what the heck? Like it probably should be. Well, I like Homestead where it's at, just saying. But, uh, no, the the Homestead winner has never in any form gone on to win the final race, or the the Homestead winner has never gone on to also win the championship is what I was trying to get at. The closest we came, Cisco, I'll add this addendum for you, was last year when William Byron, or, yeah, no, two years ago, 16, when William Byron won the race to win the owner's title, but the driver's championship has never been won by a driver who also won at Homestead. Jeez, now everybody's got me all spun out and confused. See, see the lightning round needs to be who can name all the tracks that have served as the Truck Series finale track. That's, that's yeah. the real game show at the end of this. Well, That would actually be really, really fun. It's been Homestead since 2002, by the way. I was going to say, that's, and, and that's really what I think, as, as far as this era, I think that's what we we really kind of associate it as. And I hope, honestly, I'm, I, I don't share the same opinion some others do. I'd like to see the finale stay there, although... Oh, um, I love it. I think, uh, was it you, Jacob, that mentioned Phoenix the other day swapping? Somebody mentioned... No, Matt Weaver. Weaver. Was Weaver, and you were reading his tweet or whatever, but uh, the idea of swapping Phoenix and Homestead would be okay, too. It'd be fun to kind of see what would happen if we moved Championship Weekend to Phoenix for a a weekend, for a season, and and, uh, and finished it on the the shorter track. But um, the... I I don't know. I I just feel like this, this truck series this year has played out so marvelously so many storylines and as we sort of move away from the truck series or before we move away from the truck series and start focusing on Xfinity uh, I want to get some predictions here Uh, we did this or at least I did um, when we got to the uh, the grade eight if you will Um, I picked Justin Haley to win the championship so I'm going to stick behind Justin Haley and and pick him to go down to Miami and like I said I think he's going to shock the world and and uh, and win the championship. Ellie, you want to make a a prediction on who you think is going to come out of this? My prediction is I don't know. You've got Haley Sauter. You've got Haley Sauter. You've got a twenty five percent chance. I have a twenty five percent chance. <laughs> as much as I would love, 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 love to see GMS win it, just because of how powerful they've been and how strong they've been. I think it's going to be Brett Moffat. She likes the Cinderella story. I okay. like the Cinderella story. I, he's like Thomas the Tank Engine. I think I can. I think I can. <laughs> he's the little well, engine that could. So I, I could say the same about Haley, but anyway, it, keep going. It, but if, I agree with yeah, Moffitt. If Brett Moffat were to win the championship, my reaction would be the same as when Mike tank. Joy called Trevor Bain home to the win in the Daytona 500 in 2011. The glass slipper would fit at that point. However, 
I just don't believe that we're in line for that much of a Cinderella story. My heart says Justin Haley, but my head, especially after he got narrowly beaten for out for a back-to-back championship run last year at Homestead, Miami, my head says Johnny Sauter's going to come into this with a vengeance and absolutely steamroll him on Friday night. I just don't see it. Cisco? Oh, I, I I think the real bet is, are we going to see last lap shenanigans or not? I think that's where <coughs> yes. real money is going to be. <coughs> well, yes. it, of course. It, it depends if the situation is yeah. conducive to that. I mean, if two trucks are close enough, I don't care which two out of the four. Yeah, somebody's moving yeah. somebody. Let's remind, but, this is also a track where we see drafting regularly. Yes. Fair enough. I As for my pick... I, I, I like Allie's pick. I like Brett Moffitt. I like the determination there, and I like the attitude that this team has had. I feel like the drive is there. Obviously, we've seen the Toyota development drive is also there behind everything, as you mentioned, Jacob, with the engine package. Everything is geared towards this championship, just like all the rest of the teams, but I just feel like this Hattori Racing Enterprises team they 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 want this more than I think any other team that. has ever wanted anything in a long long time. You okay, our, uh, we go from our video producer to our audio producer. Randy Miller's been silent over there in the tech shed, but Randy has but an Randy opinion. has an opinion, and we love Ooh. it when Randy shares his opinion. So, Randy, my my gut tells me that Johnny Sauter will win, but I mean, my heart wants to. I I, I like rooting for the underdog, so obviously. Brett Moffitt to me would be awesome because you know he needs obviously all the help he can get for a sponsorship for next year. So um, I want Brett Moffitt, but I don't think Johnny Sauter can be beat. We don't even know if Brett Moffitt's going to be back with Hattori Racing. Next but you year. know yeah, what? Oh, uh, winning a championship that. will go a long way toward making that decision say, a little I, bit easier. I, I, unless Brett Moffitt gets a better offer, I'd find it hard to believe Hattori Racing uh, is going to want to make a change. So Mitch Brown is doing he, – he's our political – uh, conversationalist in the chat tonight. He says Sauter or Gregson. So he's he's playing the fence sitter. He's running for Congress soon. Uh, Chris Murdoch just flat out says Noah Gregson. Wouldn't uh, be surprised. Um, Brett uh, Guzik, Johnny Sauter. I see, I'm not sure what accent that is, but <laughs> much, it was funny. Yeah, much like the Cup funny. Series, I like the Truck Series Championship Four because it's so well balanced. If yeah. any four of them were to win the championship, I could look at this at the end of the night, Friday night and say, I wouldn't be surprised if. And that's what I love about this. And I think even, I won't, you know what, there is one guy in the Xfinity Series that I think I would be a little bit surprised if he managed to win the championship. But I'll save that till we yeah. actually get into well, the Xfinity we're, we're Series. we're going to do that now. I'm okay. just, just going to end the Truck Series discussion with the caveat that none of you jumped on the Justin Haley bandwagon with me. And I will remind all of you, that I called Trevor Bain's win in the Daytona 500 in 2011. Don't be surprised when we come back here on Monday and I'm looking at you all going, I told you so. You're going to use the, you're going to beat the Trevor Bain thing to death. Of course, if you got it, use it. Now we go to Xfinity. And <laughs> again, you know, we've got an interesting Final Four in, in uh, the Xfinity series too. We do. And, Here's what I think is most interesting about this. At the beginning of the season, I sat in this room and predicted that Chris Bell would win seven races 
and the championship. Jacob, how many races has Chris Bell won this year? All right. I'll eat my crow because you ate your crow after the Roval. I was wrong. He won won his seventh race of the season at ISM Raceway on Saturday. However, I'm going to add this. His win on Saturday at ISM Raceway was easily his most impressive of all seven of those wins. He was backed into a corner. He had to win. He didn't have a choice. They started him at the rear. That's where and I, they still could stop That's why him. I was I was bringing all this up to say that what's interesting about this and ironic is that he won for the seventh time and he almost had to despite six wins. He could have easily missed the, final the championship four. four and Justin Allgaier, the regular season champion, missed the final four. That's the only part about this final four that truly shocks me is that ju- we're not talking about Justin Allgaier as being a part of it, and it's a shame. Well, honestly, but it's it's a, it's proof that this system can bite you, and you have to be on your game and. The hard part for me is none of this was really in Justin's control. I mean, the first lap crash at uh, at Kansas that took him, you know, both him and Bell out that day, and then he had uh, contact with John Hunter Nemechek that was not of Justin's right. making that ended up frying his brakes and put him down a lap, and you just can't overcome that. One mulligan you can probably overcome when you have the amount of, of bonus points that Allgaier did. Two mulligans, I don't care how many points you have, you're just not going to overcome that in a three-race round. No, and we'll continue with the Xfinity Series discussion. We've got Pass uh, to talk about from Hickory. We We've got Modifieds to talk about from Concord. Also coming up, stick around. We're far from done yet. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by My Computer Career and HMS Motorsport. We will be right back. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. 
It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Dylan Bassett, and you're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. I tell you what, we always called Dylan Bassett. Well, we didn't. We we just someone else we did first, it, but yeah. we 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 kept calling him the spark plug because he was like a little engine that could. Again, a little pipsqueak, five foot nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. racer who consistently drove like he was six foot six and about 250. Yes. Um, and, and if now you look at him, you know he's anything but. <laughs> he's been doing well, and now he's been doing CrossFit for a while. And uh, You wouldn't want to meet him in a dark No, alley. he's definitely not someone I would want on the wrong side of me now. I don't care how, how tall he is. He is a big boy now. And uh, we continue with the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport. And my computer career, really happy to have both of those folks on board with us as part of our family. Hey, by the way, if you'd like to join our family, just uh, go to Race Chaser Media's Facebook page and send us a direct message. Or you can email me at Tom at RaceChaserOnline.com. That is Tom at RaceChaserOnline.com. We are talking Xfinity right now. And we were talking Final Four. I started off the conversation um and talking chris bell but of course there are a few others the final four also and i think the cinderella story here even though he knows where he's going for next year to cup yay daniel hemmerich i would argue is the cinderella here and daniel was oh so close last year he was fast at homestead if Daniel, I think could, it was an electrical issue that yes, knocked him out something, of it. Yeah. Something of, of the mechanical sorts. If he could just get a little more speed or a little more luck. out of that car. Well, I feel like th- th- this past weekend wasn't luck. It was speed. He just didn't quite have enough speed. If he could get just a little more speed out of that 21 car, uh, he could certainly win the championship. There he will be could. nobody more determined than Daniel Hemrick to do it. Right. Um, you like his chances? I do like his chances from a motivation standpoint, from a never-give-up standpoint. And let's be clear. Daniel Hemrick is the Cinderella story for this reason. He is. In my mind. No, I was about to give my reason. Go ahead. For this reason in my mind. He's never won an Xfinity race. What bigger way to go out and get your first Xfinity Series win than to do it at a racetrack and in a race that would give you a championship? in the process. That's what I have to say about that. Well, and I think Daniel is the kind of a driver who can do it. Daniel's very cool under pressure. Um, you know, it's very rare that Daniel cracks under pressure and he's a very, he's a very smart racer. So Daniel's not going to let this overwhelm him. If anything, the fact that he hasn't won yet 
and it's a big stage alley. I feel like Daniel Hemrick rises to the occasion. Whether or not he ultimately beats these other three guys and wins the championship is a different matter. But Daniel's not one that you usually associate with a big mistake. No, he's not. And I wholeheartedly agree with both of you. I think it's going to be Daniel Hemrick. He's got a lot to prove. He's going into a cup car next year with RCR. Yeah, he's in RCR equipment right now, but this would be huge for RCR to have an Xfinity Series championship. I think the last time that they had a championship was back when it was the Dillon brothers. Yes. Would have been Austin. Yep. Austin would have been Austin. The and then yeah. he went on to go cup and then he went and won the Daytona 500. Yep. So this is going to be, I think it's Daniel Hemrick's time. Uh, it'll be interesting. Hang on a minute. I Let's be clear Wait, here. I we didn't, all agree? I, let's be clear here. I did not say that I thought Daniel Hemrick was actually going to win the championship. I just said why I thought he was the Cinderella story. Oh. Well, I think we all agree he's the Cinderella story, and we'll consider that Allie's pick for the championship. Um, That's my pick. I'm Kay. going to move, though, to the next driver on the list, which is Cole Custer. And, again, we ask... Where did Cole Custer come from? We weren't even talking about him being in the final four. And Cole goes out and wins because, well, Cole has an affinity for winning late in the season. He did it in the finale at Homestead last year. Oh, by the way, he skunked the field at Homestead. That wasn't even a fair fight. He brought basically. He He brought an AK 47 to a knife fight. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. Uh, Cole Custer. I mean, I won't even ask if we think he can go to Homestead and win because we know he can't because he, he can. did. Yes. Will he do it again would be the question. All right. Here's my thoughts on Cole Custer. Can he win at Homestead? Yes, he's proven that. Will he win at Homestead? We really don't have any idea. And I'm, I'm going to requisition Cisco's help on this because Homestead is a track that due to the uh, – Due, due to the weather changes in that part of the country and everything that they have to go through between the winter and the summer and all that stuff, this is a track that can be very, very different from one year yes. to the next in terms of the pavement, how you race it, how you approach this race. I don't believe that Cole Custer's dominant performance last year is a for sure indication of his ability to contend this year because I don't think you're going to see the same. You're not going to see what worked for a driver one year ago work at Homestead again this year. That's just Mm. not how you can approach this race from a setup standpoint, Cisco. We see it every year. Exactly. Homestead is kind of its own deal, and that's what sets it apart as kind of an odd place to end the season because we go to a lot of these mile-and-a-half racetracks to where, you know, we kind of see the same people up front. But, yeah, time in and time out, we see so many different people up front at Homestead. I mean, think about Carl Edwards in 2010, or here's another one, Greg Biffle, who won there three straight times back in 04, 05, 06, who really wasn't, necessarily in the in the uh top two or three in the chase normally when that happened but he had great success there bobby labani in 2003 there's another one out of nowhere bill Elliott in 2001 that was back before they put the banking in the uh-huh. racetrack i mean i could go uh, on and on here jacob but well, a lot of these a lot of the drivers who have found success at this racetrack in any of the levels not just cup but xfinity and trucks sometimes it's their only win this season 
Correct. Well, Denny Hamlin did that a few years ago, by mm-hmm. the way. Uh, I know we're moving to the Cup Series. By the way, so, so, um, just to, to appease you and make you feel better about the point you brought up earlier, I'm in the process of compiling all your, uh, your little nuggets and notes about Homestead trucks for the lightning round later. So, thumbs up. Okay, so I want to get to the fourth guy in this championship scenario. The guy who I think uh, was, you know, when I was talking earlier about there's one guy that I really didn't think probably should be there, but he is there. Yeah. Tyler Reddick, who, who, again, you can't say anybody walks into the Final Four, but Tyler Reddick did just enough and and got in. Now, my question, I'm going to start with Cisco this time. Does Tyler Reddick have a shot at this championship? Yes a or no? shot? I mean, everybody has a shot. We Does see, he have uh, a good Edwards shot? And, uh, the whole Edwards restart that happened a couple of years ago. Can you that, see Tyler but... Reddick winning this championship? <laughs> uh, no, I do not see Tyler Reddick winning this championship. Okay. Jacob, can you see Tyler Reddick winning this championship? Much like the way he got into the Final Four, which was largely by virtue of everybody else's misfortune. The only way I see him winning the championship is exactly that, if everybody else has misfortune. If he's A.K.A. The last, Edwards restart yeah, syndrome. If he's the last man standing or, you know, the last guy without a huge issue, yeah, he can win the championship, but do I think he's going to win it on sheer speed? Not a chance. Um, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I think Tyler is sort of the Brett Moffitt of this, of this particular no, series. not and at I, all. I'm going to explain why I think so. Tyler Reddick is leaving Junior Motorsports at the end of the year and going to RCR. Tyler Reddick basically has been maligned by a lot of people, including me, by the way, for not having lived up to the reputation and potential of the nine car um, since he's been driving it. Tyler Reddick truly has a point to prove and nothing to lose here. And again, it's one of those situations. You got to watch out for the quiet one. And coming in, Tyler Reddick didn't come in with any fanfare. There was nobody riding his bandwagon coming into this. Um, I'm not so sure Tyler Reddick can't win. I just don't think he will. And with that, we now look at the final four, make some predictions. I'm going to start with Cisco this time. Out of the four, who wins? on Saturday and becomes Xfinity Series champion. I don't know if they'll win the race, but we'll win the championship. Well, that's what I meant. Who becomes the champion? I almost said, I almost said Cole Custer, but I can't. Christopher Bell. I was this close, Okay, I can't do it. Christopher Bell wins the championship. I'll go to Randy this time. I'll give you a second. That's all right. All right, Randy, who wins the championship? Christopher Bell. Two for the bell. Okay, two rings of the bell. Jacob, you making it three? He, the only other driver to ever win the race to win the championship in the play, in the elimination playoff era is a Joe Gibbs racing car in Daniel Suarez. So, yes, it'll be two. Christopher Bell wins the race to win the championship. Allie, are you I making it four no. bells? I am not ringing the bell for bell. I am going with Daniel Hemrick. Whose bell Hemrick. are you ringing? You're I'm ringing, ringing Daniel the Hemrick's bell of Hemrick. Bell. Okay, so Daniel Hemrick, according to Allie, wins the championship. I picked Christopher Bell before the season ever got started, so it's hard for me to go away from that. 
But you're going to, right? No, I can't, but I'm going to tell you what my heart tells me right now. I believe what I see, and now that he's there, I believe Cole Custer is the guy you got to watch because last year, like I said, he skunked the field. You can say what you want about the track being different. Cole Custer has been better and better and better and better as the season has wound down. I think it's him that goes in with all the momentum. I would be watching out for that double nothing on Saturday, but I'm still picking Bell to win the championship. Thank you. All right. Um, so that leaves us with, uh, well, I guess we must step aside yes. here because I don't want to make the producer mad. Randy so has projectiles. Yeah, he has a temper. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we will talk about pass. We will talk about modifieds. And then we will start talking about cup. Um, here on the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport and my computer career. We'll be right back. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. 
Hi, I'm Harrison Rhodes, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show. Little Metallica bringing us back from break there. You got to love that. Uh, welcome back to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport and presented also by mycomputercareer.edu. Tom Baker and Jacob Seelman with Ali Boulay here in the studio. We have, uh, of course, Randy Miller, audio producing in the tech shed and co-hosting, and Cisco Scaramuza co-hosting and audio producing in uh, from video producing. Uh, yeah, video producing, I should say, from the Midwest via the Race Chaser Skype line. And we continue. We're going to hit some bullets really quick here um, in this segment because we've got a lot of ground to cover in a short time to do it. So here we go. I'm going to start with the Payas South series. They were at the Mason okay, Dixon meltdown. Yeah, I love doing Alan. He's a, he's a, he's he's a he's a funny. Uh, he's got a he's got a great voice to imitate, and uh, and really respect Alan as an announcer. So, um, pay us south. Mason Dixon meltdown. Um, Derek Randstrom actually from the north came down and won that. Pretty much dominated Jacob. He really did. And you know, I, I met Derek in the spring when he came down for the Easter Bunny one fifty, and you know, he said he had some business to settle. Derek has come so close in his career to winning a pass south race saturday was his first pass south victory he's of course become quite a force in the north when it comes to super late model racing so that was you know really great to see for Derek to finally pick up that victory he outdueled uh, one of his fellow new englanders in uh, Derek Griffith, it was the Derek and Derek show at the front of the field on Saturday. Griffith coming up second in the 12 car to win the pass national championship for the first time. And the last step of the podium going to Matt Craig, Tom, who, uh, as we know, is from around these parts. And he won his third consecutive pass south season championship becomes the first driver i believe to win three pass south titles in the history of the series very very impressive good turnout of late models for that and uh good turnout of legends cars as well good day at the hickory motor speedway you and i were actually forced because again pass south and uh, the north south shootout had a little falling out then pass south moved their date to conflict with the north south shootout mm-hmm. we had to make a choice and Here's the deal. I love me some pass south. I really, really do. But when you when you run up against a modified race, this cap from the north chooses the modifieds every time. You and I were at Concord for the north south shootout. That one, I had no idea we were going to an endurance race. Uh, it didn't quite take six uh, hours, but boy, it sure felt like it. Um, yeah. Just a lot of cautions, about three or four reds. Uh, when it was all said and done, we had... A winner who was the first winner of the season in the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. Bookend big victories during the season for Tommy Baldwin in the 7MY team and John McKennedy, who just knows how to win big races. Yes, he does. And what a win this was for John McKennedy and TBR. As you mentioned, they started their year with a win down south in the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour at Myrtle Beach Speedway. They end the year with a $10,000 victory in the North-South Shootout. 16th annual John Blewett III Memorial North-South Shootout presented in memory of both Charles Kepley and the late Ted Christopher. So uh, this was a race, Tom, that, as you mentioned, had a ton of drama. Four red flags, and it took three 
hours. No, I'm not exaggerating. No, From the time the initial green flag yeah, flew to the checkered yeah. flag, <laughs> yeah. three hours for 125 laps at Concord. Yeah, I think Gilligan was driving some of the cars out there. Uh, Ellie Boulay with the reference of the night. Um, yeah, it's it, it was just, I got to tell you, though, for the racing was great when it was green. And you know what? At the end of it all, Money Mad Hirschman came from like Raleigh and blew yeah. through the field like a Japanese bullet train on four tires and doggone one more lap and he would have passed John McKennedy to win. Mad Hirschman is the man when it comes to modifieds. I don't know where Duh. he came from, but that was He's a Hirschman. Oh, hello. Thank you. Allie knows what but, she's talking about. But of all the the big I mean, okay. Good grief. Let me be, let, let's be clear. Matt Quickly. Hirschman had a plan. He stuck to it. He pitted with 38 laps to go after one of the four red flags. Yep. Took on his four fresh tires at that point, and as you meant, and was in the right place at the right time too. He came out of pit road at the tail end of the lead lap before they went back to green, and that turned out to be fortuitous because he was far enough back to avoid the bench clearing gigantic <laughs> pile up on the, the last front stretch yeah. that uh, caused a thirty-five minute red flag and moved him from fourteenth all the way up to seventh, and from there, boom, Money Matt took off. He heard the he heard the dinner bell and. Like you said, one more lap, and we're talking about a different story because he was right on the bumper of the seven car, and McKennedy said, McKennedy said, you know, I'm glad it was 125 and not any more than that because we were going to be in trouble otherwise. When you put Matt Hirschman on 40-lap fresher tires, you are asking for that 60 oh, car yeah. to come and win a race, and he just about just about did Almost it. pulled it off. Um, great day at the North-South Shootout. Happy to be back there again. And, uh, yeah, I agree with Mitch Brown. I think the Wheel and Modified Tour should go to Concord and run a race there. Hey, hey, I'm hey, all about hey. it. They're already going to South Boston. Let's yes, do a they double. are. Oh, oh, my gosh. How awesome Actually, that here's what we do. We do Twins at South Boston, and we do, we, do, uh, uh, we do about 100 or 150 laps at Concord in the same weekend. Ooh, sure, why not? Would that be? Let's now, do 175 me, so Matt Hirschman can win. <laughs> <laughs> let me, hey, let me add to this, by the way, that uh, as far as the North-South shootout is concerned, 28 cars, best field yes. we've had for that race in yes. several years. It was great to see good representation from the North, good representation from the South, and, oh, by the way, the Wheel of Modified Tour champion was in the house, just not driving. Justin Bonsignor was spotting. For yes. Ronnie Silk this week. He was weekend. spotting for Ronnie Silk. And, okay, moving quickly to California and some straight-line conversation. IA. California IA. California IA. Or if Pomona. you're, or if you're oh, Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger, California. Yeah. Um, yeah. The NHRA, including its season, Steve Torrance. What do you say about this guy? He won every single round of the playoffs. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Perfection. I mean, Period. my gosh. You can't do any better than this man did. And he wins it yesterday on a whole shot. 24 and 0 in the countdown. 24 rounds of racing. Steve Torrance won all of them. It's never been done in any class in NHRA history. And I will argue it will never be done again in NHRA history. The amount yep. of luck, the amount of speed, the amount of perfection it took to do what Steve Torrance did. Truly remarkable. And Tony Schumacher said in his post-race interview on FS1, what we witnessed 
is something special. And Steve Torrance this year was absolutely something special. And Cisco, real quickly, uh, Tanner Gray at the ripe old age of like, what, 19. barely out of diapers, yeah, is 19. retiring from NHRA competition, at least for now, and moving over to circle track NASCAR stuff next year. So what does he do, Cisco? He goes out, wins a championship. That's it. And he won the race, too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, he just he, he basically just lit the match through behind him, put the shades on, and just walked off as the explosion happened behind him. That's yeah, basically what that's... Tanner Day Grid Tanner Gray did there. Fantastic job by him. Youngest champion in a NHRA drag racing history, not just in Pro Stock, in Any the class. entirety of yep. the NHRA and, history. And yep. I wanna add to that by the way, it wouldn't have been a race for Tanner Gray to win if he hadn't had to beat dear old dad in round one to do it. That's right. I thought that was cool. Yep. Pro Stock Motorcycle, Tom, I love this Matt story Smith. so much. The journeyman, Matt Smith, yep. takes down his third Pro Stock Motorcycle Championship in what I call the most exciting final round of the weekend. Winner take all. Matt Smith versus Eddie Craywick on the Harley. Winner of the final wins the title. And Matt Smith looked over in the other lane and said, I'll see you later. Unbelievable. What a great way to end the day watching that NHRA stuff and and seeing uh, all of the champions and they all won the race. Yes. Everybody and, and, that won the championship hey, did it by winning the final don't round. Don't forget about J.R. Todd, who That's right. clinched the championship in round one. He hadn't even hit the track, and Robert Height got eliminated in the second pair, and that cinched up the championship for J.R. Todd. But J.R. said, no, that's not good enough. We came out to win the race. He won the race. His My third, gosh, win, his third win of the playoffs, and he becomes, I believe, yep. the second driver of African-American descent to win an NHRA uh, professional title and oh by the way the second driver in scott Kalita's famed dhl funny car following in the footsteps of del worsham to win the championship for connie Kalita. and you and i are going to get to talk to jr this week we're going to hear that interview on thursday's motorsports madness show so make sure you're right back here where you are now uh, especially if you're watching us on facebook live we're going to have uh, that interview on Thursday night's show. And so the NHRA season is wrapped up and we are actually going to step aside just a little bit early so we can get back in good shape for what's going to be a very busy buy and sell round in our lightning round coming up next. You won't want to miss that. Back with more Motorsports Madness here on Race Chaser Radio right after this. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. 
Because it's not rocket science. It's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Matt Tift, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Okay, as we do our best imitations of musicians, uh, we are back with the Stock Car Show. You just, if those of you listening to us, either on Performance Motorsports Network or Spreaker or one of our podcast platforms, well, uh, you're missing out. You, uh, when, when the show's live on Mondays at 7 Eastern, come on over to our Facebook page, Race Chaser Media Facebook page, and watch it live uh it's just a whole different uh presentation here when you can actually look at our mugs on video and watch us goof off okay very quickly because this is going to be a busy lightning round here the concept are you buying or are you selling easy as that gonna go around (coughs) pardon me gonna go around the table and try not to choke and we're gonna start with ross chastain big announcement out of chip ganassi racing one that I wasn't a bit surprised at. I was waiting for it. This qualifies for me as news that isn't really news because I figured it was coming. It was just a matter of when Ross Chastain full season contract to run the DC Solar 42 Chevrolet next year in the Xfinity series. So little uh, little engine that could makes good in this yes. case. I'm going to start with Cisco because I can. Um, Cisco, are you buying or selling that Ross Chastain in 2019 is a championship contender in the Xfinity Series? Oh, yeah. He'll be around. You you could betcha. He proved that this year after uh, his battles, obviously, most notably with Kevin Harvick. But, I yeah, no, Ross Chastain, dude, you proved you got it. Now time to go out there and uh, go win the darn thing, huh? Well, okay. Um, Allie Boulay, buying or selling? Buying, buying, buying. I will put 100% stock in Ross Chastain. I've worked with him in the past. He's just, I'm pro Ross Chastain. I believe he will actually be in your final four next year. Jacob Seelman. 
I'm taking it one step further than Allie. Not only am I buying him as a championship <sighs> contender, I am buying Ross Chastain as the 2019 NASCAR Xfinity Series champion right now. Mitch right Brown now. and Steve <laughs> Steve Ovens in our chat on Facebook Live are both buying. In fact, Steve says, bye, bye, bye. Um, I think that was part of some boy band song at one point. <laughs> um, bye, bye, but, bye. Uh, yeah, see, you, he, see, Allie knows. Allie, um, yeah. You, Allie knows you all those boy bands, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm agreeing with Jacob. He he said it before I could. I'm calling Ross Chastain shot. There's your 2019 Xfinity Series champion right there, folks. Ross Chastain in the Chip Ganassi Racing Chevrolet. All right. Next, buy or sell John Hunter Nemechek racing at Chip Ganassi Racing in 2019. I know Chip would like to put him in the second car. It's sponsorship dependent. Jacob, does JHN have a ride at CGR in 19? Because of the sponsorship questions, I say it's 50-50 right now. Chip was very clear he wants both of these guys in full-season cars for him next year, but as much in this sport does, it all comes down to dollars and cents, and I am praying that the dollars and cents are there for John Hunter Nemechek to run a full season with Chip Ganassi Racing in the Xfinity Series next year. He deserves it. He's proven it. He won at Kansas. And, oh, by the way, even though Tom doesn't care about this part, shame on you, John Hunter Nemechek has a lot to race for this weekend for Chip Ganassi Racing. On Saturday, the 42 team is a part of the Xfinity Series Owners Championship 4, and the 42 team will be racing for the owner's title. That's notable because it's the first time in good grief, maybe seven or eight years, that the Team Penske 22 car is not eligible for the championship coming into the final race or hasn't you know, already locked it up at that point. The 22-team five-time owner's title winners in the Xfinity Series, they're out of it this year. Also in the news, uh-huh. Team Penske and Austin Sindrick getting together for a full-season deal for next year. Sindrick in the 22 car. I'm betting it's going to be in the run for the owner's championship next year. And the driver's and title. And the driver's title. title. Just saying. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, hey, let's let everybody else buy John Hunter. Yeah. Well, hang on now. Mitch or Brown sell. in our chat says sell. And Stephen Evans says sell. Cisco Scaramuza. You a buying or a selling a JHN and a Ganassi? If if this all worked out, JHN, Josh Berry, and Ty Majeski would have full season rides in Xfinity. None of those three guys have full season rides in Xfinity, and I don't think any of those three guys are going to have full season rides in Xfinity come 2019. Unfortunate, I know, because I'd like to see all three of them in Xfinity, but nope, selling. Hey, John Hunter came the closest this year, and he did actually win a race. Yeah, I have a funny feeling. I'm going to disagree with somewhat. I'm I'm selling that, that JHN will be with Ganassi. Um just based on the fact that it's sponsor-driven, but it, but I could buy that perhaps he might end up at GMS because that's what we keep hearing, and I know Chip would like to keep him, but, you know, there's going to come a point where there's going to have to be a decision made because you obviously can't be in both camps. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't be surprised to see John Hunter Nemechek in the 23, but I would love to see him back. I think him and, and Chastain, him and his Chastain teammates, would be terrifying. That would be dangerous in yes, the Xfinity it be. series. Be awesome. Um, Stephen Evans in our chat. Josh Berry would mop the floor with the right opportunity. We agree. Yes, um, we do. Okay. Moving right along, switching to F1 just for a moment because we, uh, we needed Ken Squire. <laughs> and there's a fight 
but it was after the race. What that happened during fight. the race was that Ross Chastain, not Ross Chastain, Max Ross. Verstappen um, and Esteban Ocon got together on the racetrack. And, of course, each driver had a different side of this as to who should have done what. Um, Ocon's theory is, well, they told me I could make up my lap if I wanted to. So I just drove to the outside and was side by side with him so I couldn't disappear, whatever that means. And they collided going into a corner. And uh, Verstappen, after the race, went and did a little pushing and a little bit of shoving and um, had a few choice words for Ocon because Ocon didn't give him the answer. Um, Are you buying or selling, Jacob Seelman, Max Verstappen's side of this story? (sighs) That's my reaction. That was my reaction on Sunday when it happened. Here's my response. Esteban Ocon, you dumb. Sorry, just being honest. Dumb? This whole thing was stupid and preventable. Esteban, you're a lap down. You don't affect the leaders when you have no shot. I'm sorry. Max Verstappen was 100% justified in being upset. He should not have lost that, that race. Esteban should have showed him way more respect than he did. You don't unlap yourself with a couple of laps to go in a race where you have no shot. It's just not racing etiquette i'm sorry cisco are you buying or selling old max verstappen there was a very interesting point brought up in an interview that kyle petty uh had with tony stewart uh, a couple weeks ago oh boy can't wait tony to brought one. up the point that his biggest problem with a lot of the newer generation of drivers is that they aren't being taught the same racing etiquette that he was when he came into the when he came into NASCAR in the late nineties, because he mentioned back then there were drivers like Dale Earnhardt, Dale Jarrett, Mark Martin, who were able to teach the new new guys coming in, a Jimmy Johnson, a Tony Stewart, even a Jeff Gordon to some extent, how to properly drive on the racetrack. Tony has said one of his biggest problems is the fact that that racing etiquette seems to have gone away. This is a perfect example of this, and it's not even in NASCAR. This is something to where Ocon should have given the leaders more room. That's what you do. Jacob is absolutely right. He was in the wrong. Had this been maybe five, ten years ago, I don't think this would have happened because I think Ocon would have gotten out of the way. This was absolutely Ocon. Was it, that was his fault. And while Max did get overly emotional like he tends to do, you know, he's still justified in being angry. I'm sorry. Okay, so I'm going to put my coach's hat on here for a little bit. Um, First of all, Mitch Brown in the chat is buying, saying Esteban Ocon was in the wrong. Um, I'm going to buy Max Verstappen's version of this story because I honestly believe that Esteban Ocon had every right to unlap himself, but you don't have a right to do it in a high-risk situation. There are plenty of spots on that course where he could have picked to make a move um, without putting either of them in jeopardy. And I think he timed it wrong. I think he picked the wrong part of the course. Just because his team told him that he could go and lap himself doesn't mean you need to pull right out and try to do it right then and there. And I think Ocon made a rookie mistake there. Um, And so I'm buying Verstappen's version of the the on-track events now 
Could Verstappen have given him the lane and let him go by? Yes. Should he have? No, because he's the leader of the race. You don't want a potential hazard in front of you if you don't need to have that. Here's my problem, though, with Max's reaction after the race. How many times have we seen Max Verstappen make the same kind of a bonehead move that Ocon made on him? I'm a huge Max Verstappen fan. I want a full paddock of Max Verstappen's in F1 because it will make the product 10 times more exciting than it is now. I'm thrilled with guys like Pierre Gasly and even Ocon and Leclerc and all of these young drivers that are coming in because I honestly think F1 is going to be more exciting in three or four years than it's been in decades. But here's the deal. After the race, what Max did, can't buy that. I'm selling it. You got to be more mature than that. If you're going to go and you're going to make a point to a driver that you think did something wrong, you ain't making your point and you ain't getting your message across by going over and pushing them and shoving them. What I thought was funny though, Jacob, and I don't know if you paid attention to this, but you had two or three other drivers that were in the vicinity when Max went after Ocon. They kind of turned and looked at what was going on and went right back to what they were doing. They wanted no part of that. Not only did they want no part of it, I think a few of them were impressed that Max had the gall to step up and do what he did, quite frankly. Yeah, so, <laughs> I, I thought that was interesting. By, so, by the way, I, I want, can I toss this out there? Because Cisco quickly. had a really good point earlier. Um, Cisco, re- remember what you were talking about earlier with Homestead and the trucks? You asked, Yes, sir. What do you got? What do you got from the step book? You asked two things. Number one, name the four trucks. Here, I'll give you, I just gave you a hint. Name the tracks that have hosted the Truck Series finale. I'll give you a hint. There's four of them. Yep. And number two, name the driver who has won the Truck Series finale, whether it's at Homestead or otherwise, the most times in their career. So I'm going to say, oh, can I guess? Quickly. Go, go ahead and guess. Go ahead and guess the driver I'm first. I'm going to say most times won the finale, Jack Sprague. Correct. How many times? Um, I'm going to say four. You're cheating, Allie. I'm going to say five. We're not going to let Ellie answer. She's cheating. You're both wrong. Three, 1996, oh. 98, and 99 credit. at two different racetracks. Now, Cisco, can you name the can you name the tracks? Homestead, Fontana, Phoenix. Yes. One more. Well, that's Atlanta. Three. No, but you're close. It is a mile and a half track. Texas. Closer still, you're getting in the right vicinity. Warmer, warmer. Uh, Keep going west. Geez. I ran out of mile and a half oh, tracks. Uh, uh, Charlotte? It, no, not I sh- said west. No, Keep going west. Oh, it's, west. It's, it's Kansas. Nope. No? Nope. Further west. No, Toto. Oh, shoot. I, I don't know. Just name it. We haven't got enough time left. Sin City. Las Vegas. Oh, Las Vegas. Phoenix, okay. Phoenix in the inaugural season, 1995. Vegas held it from 96 to 98. Fontana from 1999 to 2001. And it's been home at Homestead since 02. Jack Sprague wins the finale three times. Drivers to win multiple times at Homestead. Todd Bodine and Kyle Busch. And with that, we are going to close this edition of the Stock Car Show. Don't forget, come right back here to our Race Chaser Media Facebook Live on Thursday from Motorsports Madness. 
here at Race Chaser Radio. Jacob, finish it off, my friend. Yes, a couple of things here. Thanks to our partners at HMS Motorsport and MyComputerCareer.edu for what they do to make this show possible, as well as Bob Steele, Sue Mason, and the folks at the Performance Motorsports Network, Randy Miller, behind the glass for the production work. And uh, for Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza, and Ali Boulay, my name is Jacob Seelman. As we close this show, we do so one more time. Stop and pay tribute to the life and memory of the Silver Fox, David, David Pearson, Pearson. Yep. who passed away earlier tonight at the age of 83, winner of 105 NASCAR Cup Series races. David, you'll be missed, but your legacy will live on. Good night. You've been listening to the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. The Stock Car Show is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network. www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated. And may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section on the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-host, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the Stock Car Show returns on Thursday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, stay tuned for more great motorsports programming on the Performance Motorsports Network.